Welcome to the Brewing Brands Podcast, where we give entrepreneurs actionable tips and no-fluff advice on how to build your brand and grow your community. I'm your host, Patty Rojas-Chua. If you don't know who I am, I'm a brand strategist and designer. I help female entrepreneurs build a brand that truly communicates their personality, message, and the quality of their business. For today's episode, I invited Coach Dave Suiko. So if you notice, I called our guest Coach. That's because he's one of my mentors in branding and also the coach of the branding mastermind we're in. So Coach, for those who don't know you, can you tell them a bit about your business and what you do? So I help startups uh, turn their customers into advocates uh, through foundational marketing and strategic branding. Using my own uh, frameworks or formulas, I call it the core formula and the launch cycle blueprint. So that's me for uh, serving my clients. But on the other part, as a coach, uh, I'm one of the coaches in the freelance movement tribe, in the Ikigai tribe. And as you said, I'm also the founder and the coach there in the Branding Mastermind community. So yeah, you can see, you can hear from his introduction how impressive um, he is, what he does. And that's why I call him my coach. And the reason why I invited him is because Coach Dave uses a lot of AI tools, so artificial intelligence for his business. But then whenever I see someone here, see someone talk about AI, it's usually negative. So it's either can it replace my services or can it actually get the job done? And the fear of being replaced usually comes from those with a creative background like myself. I do branding. But then the thing with me is I'm personally excited for AI. And I think every business owner, especially maybe solopreneurs, should be excited too with how it can help their business. So I bought my first AI tool a few weeks ago. For It's for personalized cold emails. And it really speeded up my lead generation because it takes me hours just to get my lead list. Now I don't even have to look for leads because it looks for leads for me. And yeah, so it's my first AI tool and there's still so many things that I don't know. And that's why I wanted to use this episode to really just kind of like ask all my questions. <laughs> with you know coach dave who has so many experience with it so first like coach how are you using ai for your services and your business right now yeah so for services uh from market research up to fulfilling clients i use ai there's there's an ai tool in each of those processes and for example as you said uh, luna is a personalized cold email outreach ai tool right so i also use that for a cold email and up to the service to the clients, like for example, copywriting, even creating digital art. So I have AIs for that also, especially when creating, uh, I have some, some of the services I offer is like blog writing. So in blog writing, you need images and you also need copywriting framework. So I use AI for that also. And for my business, like for processes, business processes, I use AI as to, to make, like, for example, in lead generation, the cold email outreach, I use Luna for that in the business. And then for conversion, when creating our website sales pages, uh, sometimes I also use AI 
market research, like uh, creating your buyer personas, you can also use AI for that. Yeah, so those are a lot of tools. I only know really um, for services like copywriting and those digital artworks and also um, personalized emails. I didn't know about really creating kind of like personas for your business, for marketing. So you mentioned you use it for your services, like blog posts. Do you ever feel like an imposter when using AI? At first, I felt like uh, an imposter. Like, yung feeling ng mga ano, uh, McDonald's employees when they first uh, replaced the cashiers or the front lines with the machine, the touchscreen monitor where we can order food. Yeah, so I, I also felt that at first, but then I realized that we need to step up. If we are going to be mediocre copywriters, mediocre uh, uh, logo designers, or even mediocre system specialists, so then we will be replaced, eventually replaced by any type of technology. To combat that, what I did is that I thought of, uh, especially right now that I'm an agency owner, I thought of AI as a resource or asset that we can leverage. So in business, there are two types of leverages. Either you can leverage people or you leverage technology. So if you're leveraging uh, people, like hiring people or collabing with, uh, collaborating with people so that you can serve a client. So just think of AI as another person, uh, mm. an extension of your uh, team. So that's so that you would be able to get rid of that uh, imposter syndrome when mm-hmm. you're creating uh, when you're incorporating AI into your workflow. Yeah, because that's the thing. When I I spoke with a few agency owners who use AI to render their service, and they sometimes feel guilty because they're not doing they're not creating the copy or the design themselves. They they're using a tool, but then that's a really good point because as business owners. We hire people. We tend to hire people, especially if you're an agency owner. We hire people to do the work for you. So why can't it be different when we use AI tool? Instead of having a person, you have technology doing the same task, get, creating the same deliverable. That's so right. a lot of people are still new to AI. Who would you say should and shouldn't invest in AI tools? Well, if we're talking about the any type of entrepreneur, uh, it could be a freelancer, it could be business owner, agency owner, or an investor in other businesses. If you're not familiar with the fundamentals, think of the AI tool as the, the calculator. If you don't know the math, the calculator will be useless to you. So it's the same with any type of entrepreneur. If you don't know the fundamentals or the basics behind the principles behind the concept behind uh, your service, your product, your offer, then using AI for your benefit would actually backfire because uh, AI is only, it's called a dense neural network. So if you input a word, it creates relationships with other words and it guesses uh, what you are trying to communicate when you input uh, a word inside of the AI tool. So if your prompt is like, it's vague, so it mean, it's kind of a garbage prompt. So mm-hmm. the output would also be garbage. So garbage in, garbage out, and then good uh, input equals good output. So that's how we use AI. 
if our a if our prompts or our descriptions before we create outputs from the AI is clear and the context is complete, then the AI would more probably uh, create outputs that will be useful to you. Yeah. So you mentioned like knowing the fundamentals. So it really can be costly. Like for example, you're a business owner and you want, instead of hiring someone, you want an AI tool to do the marketing for you. But then if you input the wrong information, your marketing might end up becoming ineffective. And so I mentioned that I'm using an AI tool, Luna, for cold emails. So the thing with this is I think the reason why it's working for me is because I've, I used to do lead generation through cold emails before. So I have the right framework, the right templates that are proven to be effective. And so sometimes when I get a new lead, Luna creates um, its own copy email. And sometimes like it's even better than what I would write. But that's because <laughs> that's because I've already input all the frameworks that I know are is effective. Now, if it's like, for example, an ineffective template, like, hey, I love this, and it's a sudden pitch that's not really enticing to my audience, I would have wasted money on the software and also that time adjusting, tweaking my cold emails. So that's a really that's good true. point. So yeah, for freelancers... And you, even for freelancers, you mentioned that they need to um, know the fundamentals first. And if you're offering mediocre output, you will eventually get replaced. So that's not like a threat to us creatives. It's just kind of like for me, I think, because most of us designers, copywriters, we get into it because we like the craft and we're still always continually trying to improve. So I think instead of really jumping into AI, it's honing our craft, getting better, and also using it in order to improve our output. So that's why I'm so excited for it. I'm excited for how it can help me speed up the process in the brainstorming part, especially um, the design, because it can, the research, the conceptualization, it can take really long. That's what can sometimes prolong the project. So Coach, there are so many AI tools out there. What do you think we should consider before purchasing one? Well, it, it's quite the same when we're trying to purchase any type of tool. So first, um, we try to see the company, if it's a stable company, and if, it's, if their mission or vision is really uh, geared towards uh, a cause that you are um, inclined to support uh, and then for example if they're if they are copywriters as well that are having a hard time trying to create copy because of so sometimes you have mental block or designers who have uh, like mental block also so they created this tool so that it could help other people like them uh, prevent those problems so yeah it's a, it's a pain that uh, is familiar with creatives, right? So if if it's something that they really are passionately trying to solve, then that's one good sign that this company will stay in the long term, because their vision is more than is bigger than the profit that they're trying to gain. And then the other one is uh, trying to see the rate of their growth. Like for example, if they if you see that um, they're just they're just trying to give a cash grab 
Like for example, if they're offering a lot of features for a less price or for a one-time fee, uh, which is sometimes unrealistic or too good to be true, then it probably it probably is. It's mm-hmm. it's probably just a cash grab, just to get your money and then get out. So uh, try to avoid those. And for the more technical side, try to see what AI model they're uh, do uh, they're using. Um, the most famous for uh, text AI for words is GPT-3 from OpenAI. So it has a lot of versions. The latest is DaVinci. So it's one of the largest neural networks. So th- that means there are a lot of parameters involved when you are trying to use the tool. And it and the bigger the parameter, it also gives out uh, quality output. For digital art, OpenAI also created uh, Dal E, uh, it's one of the most quality tool, uh, quality AI models. Then, and there are also good alter- alternatives like Stable Diffusion for digital art, and then there's also uh, GPT J, and I I don't quite remember the other <laughs> AI models, but you can try to search and compare them. The benchmark really is from OpenAI, which is GPT three for text and uh, Dal E for images. So mm-hmm. try to compare how they, uh, especially with open source alternatives, because there are a lot of open source AIs out there. So try to compare their performance to GPT-3 and DALI. And mm-hmm. if it's on par or even better, then that's good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are some of my uh, cri- uh, criterias when trying to see which AI tool should I. And of course, the, the pain that you're trying to um, solve, right? Is, mm-hmm. is it for cool? If it's the AI more geared towards uh, cold email outreach, are they more specialized in social media or are they uh, all in one tool? So try to see which one is for your own benefit. And you mentioned um, open AI. So does this, is this, does this mean like it's open for everyone to use? Yes, but you would have to pay for the API credits. So mm. if you want to use their um, API, uh, you will have to pay for every credit. I don't know how, how it really works because the devs that I talked to mentioned that open AI is really expensive. That's why there are these uh, open source AI mm. models, but then it's not that really on par uh, because open AI is owned by Microsoft. So it's, it's a big uh, mm. enterprise. That's why it's really good. The AI model is really good. But there are others, AI uh, models that are also improving, mm-hmm. innovating. So I think in the future, but in the battle of AIs, Microsoft will still be on top. But the other uh, AI models will eventually catch mm-hmm. up. Yeah, I think hopefully it will be more accessible too. Because that's the thing I noticed with AI. They're very expensive and then there's Mm -hmm. what you mentioned if you don't know the fundamentals it's gonna backfire so if you suddenly invest without you know um the basic knowledge on what you're trying to achieve and then without even researching on the tool it's going to be a huge chunk of money lost and i think one thing i also heard from um another mentor who uses who has also tried different ais is also 
one, how long has it been up? And then two, how many users? Because like you mentioned, yes. um, social it gets, you, AI is trained. So if there's more users using the tool itself, it's like it's also getting in a way more information. So it becomes mm-hmm. the quality is much better. And so for those new to using AI, what would you say is the best way to use these tools? Like how do you train your the AI tools you use? Mm, so for it's really different for uh, different tools, right? So, but the most popular trend I see right now with these tools is that mm-hmm. uh, there are either one, two, or three inputs that you have to get in uh you have to type in so that it would produce a quality output so for me the way i train my ai is to be consistent in my mess uh, in my input and also to be especially if it's for one company if i'm using you can create some ai tools have um, this projects feature where you can create a folder for uh, one uh, client or for one company or for one business. So what I do is that I uh, I should be consistent on the messaging on that project and also the context should be clear. So that's one way of training your AI. So th- don't leave any room for misinterpretations, uh, misspellings, or any type of uh, mediocrity that would uh, um, happen during that phase so yeah it should be really clear and concise i mean clear and congruent the context and the Mm -hmm. messaging let's go back to because you mentioned mediocrity again um let's go back to the fear that a lot of us creatives are feeling so there's mixed thoughts like i mentioned some are happy some are excited but then some are fearful of being replaced where do you think this fear is coming from I think this fear is coming from it's the same type of fear from imposter syndrome right uh, mm-hmm. that they think what they're doing or what they know right now is not enough uh, so that's one of the factors why we fear AI why we fear that it might uh, replace us for me I try to combat that fear by innovating or keeping on I keep on improving myself. Yeah, you just have to keep on learning, keep on improving, keep on applying what you learn so that um, you would not be trapped in that fear that it would eventually replace you because AIs were created by humans. AIs are Mm -hmm. um, a collection or a gallery of all the information that humans have uh, created or distributed inside of the internet. So those mm-hmm. are, uh, it's like a very smart network of all the things in the internet. And then humans were also the ones who created that. Mm-hmm. So eventually AI will just catch up to mediocrity, but to but to really quality uh, services, outputs, offers, or businesses that are really trying to innovate, it won't be able to replace you. Mm-hmm. If you're a person mm-hmm. who's constantly trying to innovate, then it will never, like 100%, it will never catch up to you. Mm-hmm. AIs will be yeah. the one doing the catching up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. Because I'm also thinking about, so we do branding, right? And it's very personal. 
um it's very linked to the clients and i just can't imagine how you can just create like maybe let's say we put in the client's purpose or the vision or the mission into this ai tool i don't think it can actually fully capture the client's message yeah and you mentioned um so combating fear of being replaced it's all about constant improvement and it reminded me of when canva suddenly went big because until yeah. now there are still designers who are like who are hating on canva because they feel you know this fear that um <laughs> their clients will use canva instead of really hiring service providers but then there's a here's the thing like different market different needs um, there are mm-hmm. those clients who will use templates because one, they really don't value that much like very custom made design or it's not a yeah. priority. And even when they use templates, there's a difference in the quality. It's mm-hmm. even though they use the templates, it's still not that great. <laughs> and same yeah. goes for AI. Um, it will I really like what you said that it will replace mediocre mediocre work but then it yes. will never replace someone who is constantly innovating because like what that's you mentioned true. everything that's produced by ai technology is produced by people first yes yeah you got so, that right <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so we talked a lot about a lot about what ai is like now but what do you think is the future of ai oh the future of ai are are we talking like uh, in the positive side or the negative side? Oh, let's oh. do both. <laughs> let's do both. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I don't know if this will be in the future, but I think it's already happening. We, we just don't know. Mm-hmm. But in the negative side, I think AI will be used to uh, tamper with uh, elections and or mm-hmm. even uh, you can even use AI to... As Elon Musk said, like you can use even AI to assassinate someone very cheaply, mm-hmm. just using drones and then using the face ID technology of of the of maybe the iPhone or the Android. So those are some of the negative things that could happen uh, if AI is left unchecked. So, but the positive side is that um, more creative people will be born. Uh, because mm. uh, technology right now is, uh, yeah, as I said, replacing mediocrity. So the human race is now uh, presented with a challenge to be really creative, be special, be unique. So I think it will create um, businesses, startups, or ideas that we never thought before was possible. So... AI, I think, will speed up the technological advancement of uh, the human race. Yeah, and I think we'll be more creative, not just because we're kind of like being challenged that, oh, mediocre work will be replaced. And then so we're forced, kind of forced to be creative, but because we can use it as a starting point. That's what I'm currently doing. I use Mm -mm. all the output. Um, Luna, well, for for now, that's my only AI tool that I can mm-hmm. invest in. Um, it's a good starting point, and then you can slowly 
build it up from there. It's like what you mentioned. Um, AI is like instead of a person, it's a tool. But at the same time, you're still getting ideas from another thing that's not yourself. So yeah, this was a really interesting conversation. Because like I mentioned, I've only invested in one tool, so I don't really know much <laughs> about AI. <laughs> so, but I really liked how um one thing I. I talk about with freelancers a lot is, you know, the guilt or the fear that, oh, we're not doing the work ourselves, oh, we might be replaced, or really, they're just hating on it because, yeah, they feel threatened. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. I think it's a good, it's really a good, um, maybe a motivator for us that we can't just be complacent with what we're doing now. We need to one-up technology as people and for business owners looking to invest in ai might be actually more risky to purchase a tool if you don't know how to do the service yourself and in the end like right now um hiring someone is still the right way to go because there's still a huge learning gap you know it's like how when fanba came there are still business owners who would rather hire someone than create a template on their own or work on a template on their own and still get not so good quality work. <laughs> so, yeah, this has been a really insightful, yeah. fresh conversation. And before we end this, can mm-hmm. you share to our listeners out there how they can connect with you? Oh, yeah. If you guys want to connect with me, you can connect. I'm all actually in a lot of platforms so you can uh, connect me connect to me at linkedin facebook instagram and if you also our website is also launching soon so it's azikel.com the spelling of azikel is a-z-e-q-u-e-l so that's a-z-e-q-u-e-l so you can search that up so that's the name of my agency and you can also reach me if you want to join our community, our Branding Mastermind community, where you can talk with Patty and me and all the other brand experts about branding, startups, creatives. So yeah, you can uh, just chat with me, uh, connect with me, and then I can give you the invite. It's free. And, There's a free community. And on social media, um, is it your name? Just your name? Dave. Yeah, just my name. Yeah. Yeah, my name is my SEO strategy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so you guys should connect with him because really he knows not just branding but also copywriting and, you know, AI tips and tricks. And yeah, yeah. so that's that's it for um, today's episode. And again, thank you so much, Coach Dave, for taking the time to be here. I know you're very busy. If you want to reach out to me, you can find me on LinkedIn and Instagram with the same handle, Patty Rojas Chua. That's P-A-T-T-Y-R-O-X-A-S-C-H-U-A. On LinkedIn, I post content every Monday, Wednesday, Friday around personal branding. On Instagram, I share more about my brand design works and process. To know more about my services and past projects or to book a call with me, you can visit my website, pattyrohaschua.com. For inquiries, feel free to send me an email at hello at pattyrohaschua.com.